one of the major issues in, in our industry is obviously the, the courts are not linked together. They use all different systems. Therefore, you know, we actually have to uh, go to each courthouse. Each courthouse has to be checked. Um, and if everything is updated in real time and everything's on the blockchain, that would be great. Facilitated by longstanding member Fred Amacucci, the NJ Staffing Podcast is your invitation to be entertained and informed by fun and casual niche industry conversations. From cannabis legalization to temporary placement to hiring in regulated industries, we're talking about staffing in New Jersey. So essentially, um, and I'm not saying you're going to hire the validators, but, you know, what I see in background checks, and you've said it over and over, why do you have to do the same background check? Why does, you know, that person have to get the same background check with this different company? Why do these companies have to keep pulling the well, same background, etc.? Well, we'll say employment or education verification. And the only reason I say that is because that is something that started and ended and it's concrete, whereas a, a criminal background check... And again, I, I'm saying this because I don't, I don't really think blockchain can be applied to actual criminal background checks because unless the government steps in, makes some major changes. But there's since it's always ongoing, everything has to be checked to uh, a certain point in time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming eventually it will get there. But in terms of what we're speaking about right now, I was just talking about the education employment part. Um, yeah, like why? Why should it have to be checked again when it already we are? Yep. You know, so I get that point, um, but I so don't know if you had more to add. Let to me that ex- point. Yeah, let me expand on that point. So somebody is going to create, and you know, I'm maybe I'm hinting that you'll be the person that creates this. Yeah, but right. somebody somebody is going to create, um, and somebody's going to wrap a smart contract around the background check process and so what does that look like well you have your education and employment background what will happen is that will be tokenized and what i mean by that is that data will be pulled and it'll be validated by validators and you know and and how many validators and the specific details you know that's not you know i don't know i i would have to you know you'd have to get a a blockchain developer to actually create that but my point is is you will actually go through this validating process so if you look at jason rindall and what is my background and my education and employment history once that is validated and tokenized and put on the blockchain that information is sealed in stone that's it we know that this is Jason Rindall, his employment history, his education, it's never going to change, right? And so what happens is then, um, you know, you'll, you take that next step. So criminal history, what will end up happening, and this may take a little bit longer because, you know, you've got government that's uh, being involved, so they would actually have to put this data on the blockchain. But let's just say I do something really dumb. And, you know, I I have to, you know, I I go to jail or I'm in court or whatever. And I and then there's some component that becomes a criminal record. Well, what will happen is that piece of that criminal record will then get go through the same verification process on the blockchain, whatever that verification process is. 
but it won't go through the process like what you're thinking of from a manual perspective. That'll be housed on the blockchain, and there'll be a, uh, most likely a smart contract wrapped around that. To so it'll tokenize. It'll tokenize that data, um, and then that data will be linked to my education and unemployment. And so that'll create, that'll update, you know, that'll that'll put, uh, you know, new information on that blockchain. And so let's just say three months goes by, and that then I, then you know maybe I do something else stupid, and then I, you know, then I have that criminal history tokenized to put on the blockchain it'll it'll be linked back to my education and employment so i hear what you're saying here's regarding the other wrapping around the criminal piece of it but what's going to happen is um the data will marry itself together on whatever blockchain this uh this smart contract or this program or these ai or this dao however it's created because there's probably many ways you can create this um, to interact, but that's going to happen. And, you know, we're talking about real time, you know, updates. So once it's, once that data is verified and put in the system and it goes through the verification process, boom, it's in there and it's on a blockchain I mean, that, and there, that and it's be, combined. Yeah, that would be great. Cause one of the major issues in, in our industry is obviously the, the courts are not linked together. They use all different systems. Therefore, you know, we actually have to, uh, go to each courthouse. Each courthouse has to be checked. Um, and if everything is updated in real time and everything's on the blockchain, that would be great. The, one other thing I thought about is, is there ways in the smart contract in which there's a time limit in which the information on the blockchain can only be viewed? Because, you know, there's laws on how far you could go back to do a criminal background check. So if this thing is, your criminal background check is on the blockchain, it's I'm assuming on there forever, right? Um, it's on there forever, and so, and so those are so those are things you obstacles. know when you start having these conversations, those are conversations that you're gonna have that that's gonna pop up because you have all kinds of different you know you have Sarbanes Oxley, you have um, there's different laws and regulations that have been created based on many different things. So you have financial laws and regulations, you have medical history laws yeah. and regulations. And so, you know, those are going to, pro you know, that, th so there's a lot of things to think about when you think about all of this stuff. Um, and, and, and in the, in the future, you know, if you, you know, file for bankruptcy, it, it's expunged off your record after, you know, seven years or whatever the, whatever that is, is that, you know, if, if things move towards blockchain, is that going to still be, is that still going to be the case? You know, if you, if you committed a crime when you were, you know, 17 or 18 and it's on the blockchain, um, you know, theoretically it's going to be on the blockchain forever, forever just right? like you stated. Yeah. And so, you know, you'll, you know, those are things that people are going to have to debate and discuss and consider and, um, you know, probably tokenize the government and create a DAO in our government and maybe have and, and, and do voting through that and figure it out. But for you, you know, and that's kind of a long term, you know, deep dive into this discussion. But at the end of the day, like, what you want as an organization is somebody comes to you and needs a background check 
because I know you were telling me you lost a client recently because because of something that was outside of of your control. Yeah, the re- um, the, the court clerk in the courthouse made the error. That error is passed along to us, which we pass to the uh, client. And mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, there. I mean, obviously, it wasn't anything major, but it it's embarrassing. It was um, you know so. Um, you're you're saying that that obviously would not happen, right? It'd be impossible. That 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 would not happen because there would be in the beginning there would be more there would be many many validators to validate that information before it was put on the blockchain. But then what happens is your organization really becomes more of an aggregator, so background check data aggregator. So when somebody comes to you and needs a background check. It's actually going to be instantaneous because you're already because either that push button process will happen so quickly it'll seem instantaneous to them, yeah, or you'll have you'll proactively have everything that you need to on you know within let's so, just say you you came up with um, data screening dot io and and you're you're powered by some blockchain technology that you built out, you know. Ideally, what'll happen is your 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 blockchain or your DAO or your you know your your um, smart contract that you created, your entity that you created, will either be linked to all of this information to where a push of a button you'll have access to this quickly, or um, you'll already have the information housed in your system. So, like if somebody says, "I need a background check on Jason Rindall," and you provide that then basically like they either log into a portal through you and then get that information right away or you log into your portal and get that information right away and send it to them. Um, And so what I want you to understand is that don't worry about the technology that's actually doing it. Just think about the concept because are you on Instagram? Do you use Instagram? Yes. Okay. You, you know that, uh, do you know the code that codes Instagram? Oh yeah, it's four two one eight seven six XT. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Nobody knows that Python is what Instagram is created on. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares either. All they care is that when you turn, you know, you log into your phone, and you get a little notification. It says, "Hey, this somebody just made a comment on your on your yeah. video or your post, etc." You look at it and you go, "Oh, cool!" And it works. It's like, like a you know, you know, a website name. It's those exactly. letters don't appear. It's actually a code, uh, you know. So, um, but here, here's the other thing I'm thinking about because, and I, I can understand what you're saying because, to me, in terms of what you just explained with background checks, it's almost like a, a database. So, as you know, in background checks, there's something called a database search, in which it's a a, a giant list of, say, criminal convictions. And in theory, it's great because everyone could have access to it. It's immediate. It's a quick thing. Um, the downfall to it is that not all of the criminal records, not all the courts um, supply their data to this database, even though it covers, you know, you can have a, a, a criminal database of the entire country, and, and it's not... It's not great because when people hear about it, they think it's great because it covers so much. But, in fact, a lot of states and counties and and courthouses do not supply their information to it. Um, 
and that's why it's not a reliable source. So, and I think because how our legal system is set up, you're, you're arrested, and then you have time to prove your innocence. So, um, the the arrest portion of the record is something that is it it can be quickly distributed to anyone anywhere, mm-hmm. um, and the final conviction portion is not always as accessible in the court. It, well, it's accessible at the courts, but there's no other way to get that information. And the other part about that is in the courts, the criminal records are, for the most part, uh, recorded and uh, retrieved by name and date of birth only. There's no social Mm -hmm. security numbers. And so I'm afraid that, let's say, I don't know, at the source, the blockchain records me as having a record, and they they mistook Fred Amicucci with this other guy down in Florida named uh, Freddie Amicucci, same Uh date, and how the heck am I going to get that fixed? Because, you know, it's hard enough to uh, get your record fixed now, but I could imagine if it's on the blockchain, it would be nearly impossible. Then I'm starting to think it's going to be like, I think we used this example the last time we spoke, it's going to be like Tom Cruise in, um, in <laughs> you know, I'm talking about that movie he was yes. in where, it, you know, they, it, they convict him of a crime in the future and he, he couldn't clear his name. Min- minority Minority Report. Here we go, man. That's, uh, so that's what <laughs> scares me. But I don't know. You're saying this, this, it's impossible to happen. But we, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, um, talk about that. But I, di- I did want to go over, like, the legal and security concerns because, as you know, you said it, it's almost impossible to uh, hack. Yet, um, from what I'm reading here, and, and you mentioned um, Ethereum. Is that what you had mentioned, right? Ethereum, uh, yes. In July of 2017, a hacker exploited a flaw in the Ethereum blockchain network and made off with $31 million. In January 2018, the largest crypto hack in history on the Japanese cryptocurrency exchange, CoinCheck, resulted in a loss of $534 million. Now, was that just because a really smart guy was smarter than another really smart guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. so, the, so these things are not unhackable. Um, right. You know, it is possible and people, you know, they do, there's all kinds of, when you start learning about the crypto space and investing in the crypto space or speculating and trading and, and all that stuff, you know, there are ways that you, th- there are risks, let's just say that. However, um, the real challenge with, um, the hacking and all that stuff is not really with the technology and the hacking and, and, and the security. It's actually with the regulations. So right now there's, you know, the, the, there's not very many, our government is not regulating this stuff at all. And so if you put your money in the bank, you can feel comfortable. Somebody can go into the bank and steal your money. So they can steal it digitally. They can steal it physically. There's all kinds of ways that, that your money can get, you know, get stolen. But we have regulations around the central banks that um, that offer us as a consumer protections. 
And so, um, you know, the government really isn't doing that right now. And so and why I bring that up is because if if I steal something from you, Fred, um, it's not so we're going to use validators in in a different sense. So if I steal something from you, it's not your word versus my word. It's 10,000 validators pointing at me saying you stole from Fred. So there is a, a, a paper trail which always leads to where it is. So, um, you know, every transaction gets a transaction hash. That is a not, and that's an NFT. It's a non fungible token that's created that says that's a unique identifier that says this went from there to there. And I'm going to segue this into, you know, um, your, your previous point. Um, and I don't want to make this sound so robotic because then people start getting fearful and they start thinking <laughs> about ro robots taking over the world. But like what every th and this is not going to happen next year. But like what's going to happen is that everything is going to be turned into an NFT. An NFT is a non-fungible token. And what that means is it is a token created on a blockchain that is unique. It's one of one. Um, and so what does that mean? That means when somebody is born, their birth certificate is now going to be an NFT. It's going to be a, on the blockchain that is going to represent you on the blockchain forever and ever. Your driver's license, your your everything is going to be re, re, um, so. So there's you can call you can call yourself Fred one day mm -hmm. and Susan the next day and Jason the next day and Optimus Prime the next day. And it wouldn't matter what you called yourself. You could change the way you, you look. You could change the way you think. It doesn't matter you're still going to be that NFT. You're going to be that unique identifier on a blockchain. Um, and that's going to be, that's going to be you. And so what that's, you know, what is that going to do? That's going to, um, you know, uh, allow you, allow you to do or not do many different things. Um, and, and that, you know, that's, yeah, that's one of those debatable conversations yeah. where you probably would have 50 people on one side and 50 people on the other side. And, people are going to love it and people are going to hate it and for many many different reasons you know whether it's religious regions or political reasons or you know just it's, i mean so there's some definite positive things about that that is undeniable and then there's some things yeah. that you know you question about that you're like wait a minute you know i'm an nft on the blockchain like oh wow you know i'm not i'm not a human anymore i'm this you know <laughs> this code on the blockchain I don't want to go down the scary path. Yeah, like uh, I'm going to download my soul next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, what was I going to say? Give me. Oh, here's the other thing I, I read about. So, what about now the technology? Isn't it expensive to develop? Like you know, you're talking about these really smart people who are developing this now. I'm imagining that these people are not cheap, right? I mean, um, and obviously, like just about everything in this world, as time goes on, it, it gets cheaper, um, unless it's gas. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, what are your feelings about that? Doesn't it cost money? I mean, this is like a lot of money to get this stuff implemented and, and developed, right? Or 
Fred, for your, I'll just use your business as an example. Mm -hmm. If you woke up tomorrow morning and said, you know what, Jason is 100% right. I want to develop this blockchain technology in the background screening industry. What on earth do I need to do? It's no different than you coming up with any software technology idea, you building any an organization, a company, etc. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna create a white paper, you're gonna create, um, you know, a business plan, and you're going to, you know, do a, you're you're gonna do a few things. You're going to, you know, grow organically and hire a blockchain developer and say, hey, here's what I want to do, and you're gonna build build like that, or you're gonna go out there and raise capital. And you're going to pitch your ID and say, hey, I want to build this, you know, here's what we're going to build. And you get investors that invest in that and then you build it that way. Um, in the crypto space, there's a third way. There's another way. Um, and and that is actually by, you know, creating a, you know, a token, a cryptocurrency. And um, that is going to change. I mean, that's already changing the way a lot of companies are, are doing business. Um, you go out there and, you know, create a cryptocurrency and you build out a white paper that says, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and then you get, you know, investors that way. And they can be like micro investors who invest $50 into your your project. Um, and then, you, you know, you've got this cryptocurrency that's worth, you know, I don't know, maybe you have a, a initial market cap of, uh, you know, 100, you know, a million or 5 million or 10 million. And you're using part of that funds to, you know, help build your organization. And these investors are all invested in, in, in you doing that and following your white paper and your model to, to create this. Um, I think more and more people are going to go down this road because, you know, the traditional, um, you know, the traditional investor now is, um, I mean, everybody knows what the traditional investor looks at. And then you have these VC organizations that, you know, they they turn down project after project after project. You have to be very specific. You have to, you know, prove that this thing is the best thing in the world. And, and, and to go through that process is it's insane. Um, but now you have this option to, you know, create a cryptocurrency that, is going to help fund your project. And that is a huge long conversation that's going to revolutionize, you know, um, the asset space. People are now, you know, um, you know, uh, you're looking at alternative assets. You're looking at, um, it's going to, it's going to completely change the music space. You're going to remove, uh, you're going to remove the middleman mm -hmm. and the middle human beings in a lot of, uh, in in many many different industries because there's this other option, but is it expensive? Well, sure. It depends on what your idea is. You know, if you want to go out there and change, you want to lift and shift the Earth. You know, if you if your goal is to turn the Moon into a second Earth, that's going to cost you a lot of money. If you want to create, you know, a small, um, you know, smart contract and project that sits on a on a, a blockchain that exists right now, so you could. You could just say, oh, I want to build this um, background check, um, you know, solution on the Ethereum blockchain. Well, the blockchain's already built. All you have to do is, is choose a layer two scaling solution that you want to, to build this on top of and say, OK, I'll, and then and then go out there and get a blockchain developer and just say, hey, here's what I'd like to do. 
And, you know, I don't know what the going rate of a blockchain developer is in your area. Um, but, you know, or maybe you have two people. There are there are many, many, many projects that are being created and built and developed that are incredibly modernized, very forward thinking. And you have two developers on the project and they're and they're creating and building things that are going to change the way we do everything. I, I read it. They're at least 150,000 a year. I don't know how true that is, but um... probably so. I would I would say you're probably in the ballpark. Um, you know, so just so that's what it, it takes. It's not this big, you know, scary thing where you're like, hey, what do I? What on earth do I have to do? Yeah. Um, it's 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 really not. And so um, you know, if you decided to go crypto route and raise money through cryptocurrencies, obviously you would want more than just a developer. You'd want somebody who understood, you know, tokenomics and, you know, how to build a, you know, how to kind of build a community and all that. So, so I would, you're probably going to want to have like three or four people involved in building this, but it's not like in some insurmountable task that you, you can't do. Okay. I'm going to work on that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's just like, you know, any type of new technology when it first started out, that's, that's how you did it. You had, uh, you know, you think about your, your IT team, it could be one person, um, you know, within, within your organization, it could be, a you know, a team, it could be outsourced. Um, so just like, um, any type of position project, uh, there's many ways to go about it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned, there is more to come. The New Jersey Staffing Alliance is the nonprofit trade association for contract staffing, direct hire, and temporary placement firms. For more information about the benefits of joining the Alliance, visit our website at njsa.com.